Hallelujah. We are going to go on a journey in the spirit. Whether or not you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit is inconsequential tonight. God is going to take us from one level to another level. Now, we are not just putting up a program because we have money to do so. We are doing what we are doing because we have been quickened in the spirit and the great one has given us insight into the fact that the deliverance of this land will take place in this season. So, we have risen because our great God has risen. We thank him for Johnny Messis. We thank him for bringing us into Boko. Now, in a moment of time, just so that will not take so much of your time, can you pray and say, Lord, here am I. Redirect my life. Bring me into alignment. In the name of Jesus. Make that a prayer right now as we pray together in the name of the Lord. Oh, we give you praise, we give you glory. We give you praise, we give you glory. We exalt your name because you are God. There is no one to be compared with you. There is no one to be compared with you. Silenando la brasa na cabalate. Nolenche ne hebreske to bariza vala mambrasa ila kapora naski balande. We give you glory, we give you praise. We magnify your great name. We glorify your great name. Moranze zelo hebreske to binabranta baboria mahasala. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, just in case you came with your Bible, before you take your seat, I would like us to set the coordinates so that we'll know where exactly we are headed. Come with me to the book of Luke, chapter 1, quickly. Just before you take your seat, I bring a... Great salutation to us from Lagos. It was quite, quite difficult getting here today, but I give him glory. Now we are in Boko, and God will do his will in Jesus' name. There are several things I'm seeing already in this house, but I, I, we need to set the coordinates so that we can, we can journey together. Oh my God. Oh, for 430 years which is the time between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew for 430 years no prophet prophesied there was no word that was granted by God that was divinely inspired of the Holy Spirit that has the capacity to give people direction and to lead them within the path that they should go such a regime 
without the presence and the voice of God plunge an entire generation into darkness. The possibility of articulating the mind of God and walking with him was not commonplace. Hallelujah. Amen. For instance, you see in the Old Testament, God was, was identified, God was defined by his manifestations. So if God comes to your house and heals somebody, then you now name him after his manifestation. God the healer. Jehovah the healer. That was how he was identified in the Old Testament. Even though in the New Testament we have a superior perspective to that because Jesus is the definition of God. The Bible revealed in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 that he is the brightness of the glory of God and the express image of God's person. Even though Jesus sustained a form that was diminished from the form that God originally exists, the Bible says that in that form that he put upon that human frame and fashion that he wore in order to bring God and advertise him and evangelize God to a people that were sold under the fall. In order to do that, he had to put a different form. But the Bible says that in that form, God, Jesus was the brightness of the glory of God. Indicative of the fact that there was no attribute of God that was obscured in the time that Jesus walked this world. Hallelujah. Now, I know you can't appreciate what I'm talking about. Now, with your intelligence, now, if we diminish you and make you an ant, and you still maintain this intelligence, you maintain all your attributes, and nothing is diminished at all, because the Bible says that he was in the structure, in the morphe of God. There was a particular divine structure that he existed in that made God sustain the omni qualities. If God was going to shift from that structure, it means he's going to suspend the privileges that are connected and attached to that structure. That was why when Jesus took upon himself the form of man, he had the capacity to be hungry. That was not a possibility in the context of God when he maintained his original structure. You understand what I'm talking about? You are not with me? Now, see, we cannot trace our path if we are not willing to lean on a scepter that is deep. The powers that govern this land, the powers that govern this city, were concocted by mystery. Mystery is the language among principalities. It's a program in the realm of the spirit. Such that it was written in view of the fact that the devil knows that people of this tribe have this tendency. So he wrote a program so that it is, it is almost impossible for you not to engage that program and produce the result that is intended by the wisdom that captured that program. Are you with me? Are, are you here? You know, some of us grew up in Maakoti. We knew how the landscape was when we were five years old. And all of our gardens in Makodi are beer, beer gardens now. You see, beer palace are no longer in vogue. It's gardens. It's a program. It's a pro it was written. It was written in mystery. And then people come to act it out with their days and their time and their existence. It is a superior wisdom to that which man has. It's a wisdom that goes beyond space and time. Many cities and many countries 
are held over dark programs of darkness. It will take a generation of the wise that are enlightened to peep into the secrets of God. To know the foundations of God that will align with it. So many people have borne the message of the gospel upon their lips. It has not changed our land. But the one that Moses preached, it had the capacity to destabilize the seven spirits of Egypt. There's something wrong with our gospel. Because the gospel, if it is the gospel, it must have the potency to achieve and to accomplish deliverance. And that's why we came. So that we could trace our heritage in God and align to it. God really doesn't have strong men. He just has strong promises. And people that find it out, they, are, they become gifted, blessed by the grace of God that gives them the ability to perform God's counsel. It's not about great men. It's about a great God. A God that is not capable of lying. When he speaks, his words become law. Even he himself becomes subject to it. When man fell in Eden, God knew, the devil knew, that God had the right to speak again. Even though everything had crumbled, but he created, every, created everything by his spoken word and he was still at liberty. To what? To speak again. Luke chapter 1. After 430 years of prophetic silence, something happened when a child was born. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Luke chapter 1 before we say a prayer, then we'll start our journey. In Luke chapter 1 verse 67, the Bible says this after 430 years, nobody prophesied. Our land is having this structure because we are suffering from what is called a prophetic silence. There is no divinely granted utterance that will reveal our pathway from this point into where God wants us to be. So many people have spoken prophetically about future events about to come. But we lack the insight of a navigator. Just like an exodus, when they came out of Egypt, there was an exodus. There was a cloud, there was a fire that led them through the pathways into the expected destination. It's not enough for you to know God wants to do this. The spirit of wisdom goes further than just proclaiming things. The essence of the spirit of wisdom is to reveal the step-by-step approach by which we can navigate through a path that is not charted into a destiny that God has ordained. Our land suffers many, many years of prophetic silence, just like these people. 430 years, no inspired speaking. People come and waste because they don't find, they don't get to find the accurate purpose for their being born in a certain time. It takes, it takes a peeping into the mysteries of God, into the secrets of wisdom to find out why you were born in a certain time. Are you with me? This is after 430 years in a naming ceremony. We're expecting that if God should return after 470 years of silence, we're expecting that he will come in the temple. Maybe one of the days when they are doing the high service, then he will show up with his glory and splendor. But God did not show up in the temple. In fact, 
in order for generations that were just born not to forget that God is Ralpha. He still wanted to be known as the God that has the capacity to heal. And so he went and blessed a, a river that was close to the sheep market. And once in a while he sends an angel to stir the river so that people can still be healed. So that the memory of God as the healer can still be retained in the territory. The, 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 the the, the pathways that God had ordained to bear that name Ralpha had been shot. The priest had a different kind of business that they were running now. And so God could not pass through them even though they were the original channel through which God will pass through to represent himself as Ralpha. There was no gateway that was open. God had to do an unusual thing. Sense an angel to stir the waters so that if they lose every memory of God they will still remember that there was once when the great one Ralpha healed plagues and afflictions in the wilderness. He did that so that his name, for his name's sake, not because of the nation. Now, somebody that was born in that generation now will now say, okay, the way God heals is by stirring water. But he doesn't understand that he was born on a bad day. He was born on the day when the candle lights were gone out. He was born on a day where destiny was not tangible. Anything, any evaluation he takes from that premise is in error because he has not yet understood the original pattern that God set in place in order for his name as Alpha to be propagated from generation to generation. And so when there's no light, people can preach, but they preach from under a veil. The messages keep going on. But it does not lead the people into a journey. And as long as there is no navigation, you cannot embrace destiny. We came with a candlelight. Just like Job said, that as it was concerning me in the days past, when the tabernacle of when the word of God was upon my tabernacle, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. That is a sign that God gives a people, a man that is still in tune with him. No matter the darkness, he allows a light so that he can navigate. Hallelujah. In the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 67, the Bible says, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Now I need you to understand that this man that is prophesying never saw anybody prophesy before him. The day he was born, the prophets were no more. It was no longer popular to prophesy. Then suddenly, by an act of God's sovereignty, the Bible says that by the stirring of God, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to prophesy. Now, if you could live for 430 years, alright? And maybe you leave your children and travel and you come back. What's the first thing you will tell them? Who can help me? Okay, no, that's too long. 20 years. Went to Canada and your son was in Boko. And then you come back. Obviously, you are not going to look like him. By the time, you know, he has been feeding on Yongu for so many years and all of that. And then the dad now comes with an American voice. The first thing that the dad must do 
is to tell the child about his heritage my voice may not be convincing my look may not may not spark may not create any spark at the moment but i need to tell you where you are coming from so god did the most important thing that needed to be done he took the people into a journey through prophecy to show them their heritage a people without a promise from god as their foundation will walk in darkness hallelujah what did he say he said blessed be the lord god of israel for he had visited and redeemed his people and has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant david as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began he spoke about the prophets that this thing that god is doing it is his good will to raise unto himself an horn of salvation in keeping with the utterances of the prophets you see any nation any people that cannot trace their bearing in god hallelujah any people because when you start working with god one of the first things that god will do as he begins to adjust your heart work upon your heart for your heart to desire him as the excellent and the bright when you come to that point he will give you a promise the bible said that god has given unto us exceeding great and precious promises so that we can become partakers of the divine nature the reason for the promises is to is to bring you to a point where you reject a natural life and desire a supernatural one the promises are configured by wisdom that is beyond your mind so that you can desire something that your mind cannot create that's how god starts the journey he gives you a promise so that when there's so much pressure so many circumstances and situations that seeks to defy you when you get back to your books and you check it but the immortal said that this will be the nature of my journey faith comes back to you because you know that the one that spoke is not capable of lying if god doesn't promise you anything it means he doesn't owe you anything your journey with god your work with god is predicated upon the great and precious promises he, he leaves at your doorpost so that you can understand that it's time to take your journey now some of you after tonight will have to go back and check your diaries the things you abandoned the things you kept the things that god whispered i went to visit a director director in Benin state government i don't know which ministry then as we were praying, my eyes were open. And I saw him holding a big Bible. And I said, ah, you have a calling. You are called as a teacher. He almost wept. Then he remembered 20 years ago that they went to pray in redemption camp and a prophecy went forth concerning him that he was called to be a teacher. But now he was a director. The promise came back again because God wanted to call him to something that his spirit is aware of. We are going to pray tonight. 
there are many of you that are here today that God has spoken to you in times past but the things that God told you did not make you journey it was not strong enough to capture your conviction and to set you on route and to set you on path and many years have gone and you are going around in circles hallelujah I like us to pray I choose your way I, I, I've seen it's not good to miss God because time will be a mockery to you mortality itself is a cause that's why you are not looking the way you were when you were 12 years old we need to find out the essence of life and set foot on this journey that God is calling us I choose your way that's a prayer that we are going to be praying in this conference Lord I choose your way you see the world system has a suggestion as to how it wants to run our life and the potentials that we have come with but a man that will reach the finish line must have a resolve a resolve to embark only on God's journey I choose your way check the land from the length to the breadth you will see that there's a mighty vacuum of leadership in this land everywhere you go you see the handwriting of a vacuum all right but it's as if it's as if our quagmire is going to continue forever because some people that god has given promises felt it was not worth and our land suffers because men have not taken responsibility for the quiet voice of god that has spoken into their spirit and so when the prophetic voice returned after 430 years he still began to point back to the things that the prophet said those things have not become irrelevant that's going to be the starting point god has spoken a word over your life and you you kept it at the corner and began to try to create a life outside of god's perspective that's why you're going around in circles and it doesn't matter if you carry the bible Can we pray and say, Lord, I choose your way. Make that a prayer tonight. Men will have to rise from amongst us. Women will have to rise up from amongst us. Oh my God. Mere soke mabrasa ilatate bokoronos ibramana habasa. Mesosani la braska tobarante brasamalanta baburia masika. Shabola naska sombre menekeria mamazaila. Morasita malabraska tababuria masante brakada. Mahanta babo seba ikla brasa ila brasa bala Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, you are welcome. You may be seated in the presence of God. Now, because we started late, we will not be able to travel for too far, for too long. We will just. Uh, do an introduction and then we'll proceed I, I, I wish that we had time to look into some things but uh, well 
We'll do what we can take for tonight. Just turn your Bible to the book of Psalms 110. We'll take a vision. David's vision. David's vision. David's vision. There is a woman here that I see. And this woman understood in her spirit that one of the major assignments that God has given her is to say, stay in the place of intercession and begin to pray for this land and for her family. Now, while she began to advance in that call that God had placed upon her heart, some troubles and problems began to take place. And I saw that the devil struck a deadly blow in her family and put her, put her under intense pressure. Because of this pressure, some financial issues then generated and eventually she, she abandoned her duty post. Right now, she desperately needs God. But you see, the situations that are befalling her would have not been so if she stayed where God had kept her. You need a conviction. Because the storms are going to rage. The Bible says that the devil is the prince of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. He actually wields some level of influence. What you see, it happens to be that there is a terrain, there is a place that the devil cannot get to. If he wins that ground, you give the ground to him. He cannot affect your convictions. He can only operate from the external and cause you to lose your guard by yourself. But if God has taken pains to minister to you and to furnish a conviction within your spirit, it means that he has come to a point where he wants to have something exclusively with you and as long as you keep that conviction that god slipped into your spirit eventually it will come to pass that the power of that conviction will consume the circumstances in the environment and you'll be enthroned as a man that has conquered but you see i'm talking to a lady a lady that abandoned her duty post in fact i'm seeing also my okay let's leave that and go back to the, the scriptures lest we will not succeed in laying the foundation psalms 110 begin from verse 1 we we'll just lay the foundation tonight tomorrow we'll continue by tomorrow into next tomorrow as the lord shows his signals when he dispatches his angels here the shape of the service will change now, I'm not saying that so that you say amen. You see, I'm sure of what I'm saying. Like 9 o'clock news, you don't watch it and say amen. I'm casting news right now. Whether you believe it or not, it will come to pass. See, you don't need to believe in these meetings. Oh, we didn't have time to introduce. You don't need to believe. The meeting will be running on the strength of God's sovereignty. Whether you believe or not is inconsequential. Are you, are you here? Alright. So let's start our journey. Psalms 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in 
in the midst of thine enemies thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth if we had time i would have added verse 4 because when you read the progression of revelation in that scripture you would think that verse 4 is not supposed to be there if we had time i would have added that but no problem we'll do one two three for tonight and set the perspective are you still with me i say are you here now maybe before tomorrow we'll try to work on this sound are you hearing me at all all right amen now you see david david was a man that was blessed and multi-graced of god he sat in the office of a king he operated and functioned and as a priest used the effort to consult consultation was in the jurisdiction of the priest he functioned in the context of a psalmist somebody that receives inspiration from god and brings the perspective the present revelation position of the spirit in a song he also was a prophet now so when you study the book of psalms and we do an anatomy of the book of psalms the book of psalms is actually fragmented into four sections but because we did not come for bible school there'll be no need for us to check the sections but if section is dedicated to a particular emphasis the songs and the psalms that find expression in each section have a consistent shape a consistent tone and texture it is needful for you if you are going to understand the spirit of the psalm to know in which office the david operated when he sang the psalm you must be able to discern was he singing as a king was he singing as a minstrel was he talking as a prophet psalms 110 is one of those few times when david was given renditions from the office of a prophet because what we see in verse 1 is a heavenly scenario all right he was given access by the spirit of god into a time in eternity past hallelujah i think the only person that saw father into the past beyond this point that david saw is john the beloved in the book of john chapter one hallelujah now you see i need us to understand that the god with whom we have to do never started his existence himself and so your mind will be limited in trying to understand him from beginnings and endings now so there were a few men in scripture that were given the privilege to peep into the eternal past if you check your bible you'll find out that you find the phrase in the beginning three times 
One of them was written by Moses in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and two of them by John. John was the one that had the farthest prophetic visions into the past. But you see, in this scripture, David sat in the seat of the prophet and God took him in the realm of the spirit and he captured something glorious. Now, this was a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. It happens to be that in the revelation of scripture, when God was put on display in the first book of the Bible, the first revelation that was revealed was that God exists in three persons. That's the first revelation. Now, see, in the Hebrew, I am is plural. Are you with me? Oh my God. I say, are you with me? Yes. I am is plural. So we have things like cherubim, I am. That's plural. We have emim, that's plural. We have anakim, that's plural. We have elohim, that's plural. Alright? So you can now understand from that point. Because I met some theologians that were arguing. They said, okay, God is... No, see, calm down. The revelation of him we have in scripture, we are limited to it. That is our extent and our limit of the, of the perception of God. Not your own imagination. We have three people that cannot be separated. There are three personalities. Nevertheless, they are not separate. It is a mystery. Your mind cannot operate on that realm. That's why it must be given to you by revelation. It's not something for you to exact your mind about. Hallelujah. By the time we come to the New Testament and you see the man Jesus, you will see that his father was tabernacled in him. Just like Christ is tabernacled in you today. You will see that his father was his life, just as Christ is your life. The way he depended on his father, that's how you are going to depend on Christ that is your life today alright and everything that he did he did by the power and the ability of the Holy Ghost now they are so fused together that you cannot separate them but the Bible reveals to us that they are distinct one of the scriptures that reveals their distinct personalities in the, is the book of Psalms 110 from verse 1 here is a statement from the father to the son and i need you to understand that it was a prophetic vision that david saw david was in the visual environment of this sacred this holy reality and he saw the father speaking to the son now you see we will have to take some time in our bible study to check every time the father spoke so that we can understand this perspective we can understand this emphasis then we can understand the spirit of the book that we call the bible if you understand it very well you will know if a preacher is preaching god or not the fact that he uses the bible doesn't mean that he's preaching god now there is a level of discernment that we have to be built in the body of christ in order for us to cross over to the other side this is the father speaking to the son. He says, sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy foes. Now wait. 
Don't assume you know what he's saying. Because he's spirit. Alright? Because your perspective of right hand is geography. This side. Huh? Okay, okay. Let me let me take you on a journey. You know, for instance, the Bible says hell is above. Okay? Hell is what? So the question is where is above? Where? Because okay, you see, above is up. <laughs> now it happens to be that we all know that the earth is spherical. Some people are under the earth now. And because of gravity, they are still held onto the surface of the earth. Those people are still saying above, and where they are pointing is different from where you are pointing. Do you understand? Now, so we cannot. The understanding of those directives is not in the context of our natural perception because God is what? Spirit. Please sit down. Did you get that? Now, so when the Bible says, sit down at my right hand, it's not saying, sit here. No. Because the concept of the right hand in the kingdom is actually the highest honor in the kingdom. That's what it means. Now, so in Nigeria, we have several national honors. We have MON, which means what? Member of what? Of the order of the Niger. Then we have, what's the highest honor that Nigeria can confer upon the man? G-C-O-N. That's Grand Commander of the Order of the Niger. That's the highest. Now, that G-C-O-N is equivalent to the right hand. Now, the reason why Jesus was being given the highest honors in the kingdom was because he carried out the most strategic assignment in the kingdom of God that restored the purpose of God. Now, okay, I think I need to explain now. Oh, Jesus. Now, you see, let me close my Bible so that I will not be tempted to read another verse. Listen to me. Are you still with me? You see, what happened to Adam? Adam was supposed to be a mirror that will reflect God upon the face of the earth. Now, the word man in the Greek is anthropos. Anthropos is a being that was created to look upward. You see, the sun has light but the moon does not have light if the moon reflects light in the night it's because the moon is inclined at an angle and it receives light from the sun so the moon was created to look at the sun just like man was created to look at god the extent of light that the moon reflects is the degree to which it is exposed to the illumination of what of the sun that's what anthropos means at any point in time that man loses visual perception of God, he begins to operate in a subnormal orientation. That existence that he sustains, that is separated from God, is what the Bible calls death. Death is not a cessation of life. It is a situation that occurs when man is separated from God. You are not with me? Okay. I think I need to quote a few scriptures. You know, the Bible says that the Lord's hand is not sharp that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But say your sins 
the author of God is life himself and if that life is not figured in you your state is dead in any state whatsoever that you exist outside of God you are not in keeping with the purpose of God for the design of man that state of existence is called what? death now let me take you further that place we call hell was not designed for man that's not the design even though some people will end up there but it was not designed for man by design man was actually designed for glory to rest upon him like a crown all right and so in the redemptive work of god god now makes that glory accessible again because it is in keeping with the original work design god doesn't change his plans in the middle doesn't change the goalposts in the midst of the game are you with me now he follows his plans through from the beginning to the end and if he's restoring his plan he will restore it with the initial purpose in view are you with me now now so man actually declared independence in the garden of eden that means i can exist without you meanwhile by design he was created as the anthropos where he will find the place where you will find his ultimate fulfillment is when he is in alignment with god and he reflects god's authority upon the face of the earth that is the basis upon which he is expected to have dominion his dominion is consistent with his alignment with god are you with me now if he tries to exercise dominion outside of god he'll be practicing witchcraft are you with me now now uh, you see because of the fact that adam rebelled against god the implication of that was that the creatures the animals upon the face of the i hope you know god didn't create any wild animal or oh, you have not studied that one no okay at least you have found out that when jesus comes to rule in his millennial reign lion will be eating grass have you found out that originally lions and all the wild animals were herbivores oh my i think we need we have a long uh, why did i come here how did i get here sir? hey are you with me god didn't create any wild animal all of them were subject to adam but when he rebelled against god the animals rebelled against him that's when he became a prey so the story of the earth is that anthropos decided to fulfill a different destiny and the implication of that was that everything that was supposed to be under his dominion did what rebelled against him because the only possibility of functioning by dominion was tied to his alignment with god i've seen people that refused to align with god and the influence that they thought they were wielding the situations rebel it will always rebel against you anytime you reject your status as anthropos are you still with me yes. now so he declared the independence say i can do my own thing i'm good all by myself because god's purpose was intrinsically tied to man god's agenda came to a standstill on the account of that rebellion the fall set in the fall was the design of the devil 
the fall was what was a product of the rebellion of Satan in heaven. When he tried to implement his rebellion in heaven and was cast out of heaven, he came into the earth realm and he found some people that he installed as agents so that he could carry out his initial plan of rebellion that did not succeed in heaven. That was what he began to manifest upon the face of the earth when Adam aligned with him. Do you get that? So it is in his initial plan of rebellion that found a footing upon the face of the earth. And if your life is not aligned to God, you are part of that grand plan of rebellion. And let me prophesy to you. Creation will rebel against you. No, this one is not... Oh, the Lord will help us. <laughs> you know, okay, let me, let me be cool. Let me be calm. This first night is the first night, so I want to be calm. No matter what you do, creation... Have you ever seen somebody that served the devil very faithfully? And he did not end up where Satan told him he would end up. You know why? It's not even because Satan wanted to be unfaithful. Satan is not in control. You cannot break spiritual laws and not have repercussions. The man was living in rebellion to his original purpose. And Satan knows somewhere along the line, the ropes were cut. Because the system will rebel against him. I don't have time to delve into some depths. No time. No time to show us why the cloud of darkness that is over our land has stayed for long. I don't have time. Because it will take us so much time. So much time. And we don't have time in this meeting. So Jesus fulfilled the grand plan. You see, in the realm of the spirit, substitution is a possibility. That's where witches learned that one from. Where they can give somebody's life in exchange for another life. If it were not possible in the spirit realm, it would not be practicable. See, it was the same law that Jesus, that God actually took advantage of. That that law was present, was operational in the realm of the spirit. And you see, the spirit realm is shaped in a legalistic fashion. It's a realm of thrones. It's a realm of dominions. It's a realm of justice, judgment, and equity. It's a realm of commandments. It's a realm of law. That's the shape of the realm. Now, if you don't know, you will live carelessly and there will be some repercussions. Because as far as that realm is concerned, there is no mistake. Whether you know the law or not, if you infringe upon it, the consequences are not in doubt. That's how that realm is, is shaped. And that's why when the scripture was looking for a name for the devil, he called him the accuser of the brethren. Why? Because that's a legal word. It's a legal description. It's a description of a function. Of somebody within a given context. Oh, yeah, now with me. Are you here? All right. Now, so when Jesus came, in order for him to fulfill his assignment, he had to take advantage of the possibilities that existed in the realm of the spirit, one of which was substitution. First of all, he was not fully in charge. I need to tell you, he wasn't fully in charge. I will show you. In the book of John chapter 12, verse 31. Verse 30 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the, the prince of this world is cast out. But if I... You know, now you cannot be making such a strong policy statement and it's hanging on an if. You are not here. If I be lifted up, that means Jesus was not supposed to lift himself up. 
The devil must be the one moved to lift him up. And he cannot force the devil to move him up. To lift him up. So it was a mystery that was at work. It was a plan that was actually incumbent upon God's faith. That if you start casting out devils and healing the sick, the devil in his wicked nature will always try to kill, steal and destroy. So we, we, we allow his nature to play this game. Because Jesus was not supposed to lift himself up. The devil must decide to kill him. And not just kill him, lift him up. And when he's lifted, he will have the capacity to attract all nations. That even somebody in the mosque, right there in the mosque, as you are doing an evolution, if you now say Jesus from your, the depth of your heart, because the formula of salvation is not your sinner prayer, you call people to pray by the altar. The Bible says, He that called it upon the name of the Lord shall. So somebody can be in a shrine and shout Jesus! Instantly, the herbalist loses his power. Something there takes control because someone was lifted up for all nations to see. Now notice, notice the devil had to choose to lift him up. You are not here. It's not the Roman soldiers that lifted him up. When the story was told from the spirit realm, Paul said if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of God. So, now they had killed Jesus. And the only one that is supposed to go to hell is the one that actually has committed crime. And this man is innocent. But they sent him to hell all the same. And he was strolling there for three days. But they did not understand that the law was against them. That now that this man is innocent, he must be paying this price for something. Meanwhile, for himself, he doesn't need to pay any price. But you see, for every human being, because the blood that was shed before he went there was not human blood, was a blood that has its roots in a divine source. So that blood has capacity to bring about atonement, not just to one man. So that's the only blood that has that capacity to create that kind of effect. So when he came back, after he has finished the judicial aspect of creating the premise upon which the purpose of God can prosper, he said, all right, we are conferring upon you the highest honors of the kingdom. Everything in this kingdom now will function by your name. Now, I need you to understand that name in the, names in the realm of the spirit is not for nomenclature. It's not for identification. Names in the realms of the spirit are tokens of authority. You are not with me. You see, this realm is a broken world. And so we, it is difficult for us to understand things, the shape of the spiritual realm when we look upon this one. All right? So names, you see, for instance, when Peter, James, John were on the Mount of Transfiguration, first of all, there was no need for introduction. How did they know that it was Elijah that was standing there? It was Moses. Did they ever see Elijah? The names, you don't need a name in the realm of the spirit for identification because if you appear there you are known are you with me now so the name that was given to Jesus you will see it's the same name Jesus that he bore on earth but when he went to heaven God gave him a name that are the mention of the name of what is it not the same name he bore before no you see what happened there was that authority was placed upon that name and the name was given the capacity and the stature 
to function in the heavens to function on earth and to function beneath the earth that those are one of the fringe benefits of that highest honor in the realm of the spirit that was conferred upon Did you get it? That means nothing works in the spirit realm except by Jesus. You cannot even sing a song that the Father will accept if the office, if Jesus' office as the Christ. Wait. Let me explain. See, we need to understand some things this night. This night of understanding. He says, sit down. So he was giving him a throne. This throne is not new. The throne that Jesus was given is not a new throne. The throne existed in the spiritual. That was the throne that Satan wanted to ascend to in Zion. Every angel, every cherubim knew that that throne was vacant. And they knew that as long as that throne was vacant, the purposes of God will not advance until that throne had an occupant. Oh, you are not with me. That's the throne of the divine administrator. One that manipulates everything according to the counsel of God's will. Some of you that gave your life to Christ, you were a rat, rat guy. But you cannot explain how he has polished you, how he has made you such a compassionate man. There is, a, there is somebody sitting on a throne, saddled with the responsibility of manipulating things until he comes in keeping and in conformity with the counsel of the will of God. Sometimes he might allow some hunger. Sometimes he might allow some lack. Sometimes he might allow your business to go and you are battling and in the process he weaves out something upon your heart and you begin to see yourself become a different man it is an office that is at work and that's why if you are a spiritual man and you want to interpret your life the way canna people do when your business is going down you are seeing it the way canna you don't understand you don't understand that your own your own issues there is a throne that is administering it and that's what the Bible says. We know that all things work it. Now, see, all things does not mean good things, sweet things. It means even if bad things come, they work for good. Even if good things come, they work. Because there is one sitting on a throne, saddled with the responsibility of manipulating things according to the counsel of the grand will of God. Did you get that? That's all. When David saw this vision, he saw that the father was handing the son a seat. That's the seat of the Christ. It was prophetic that Jesus would sit as the Christ. But the actual event of coronation that conferred upon him the honors of the Christ took place on the day of Pentecost. Oh my God sorry sorry i know it's so difficult but the lord will help us <laughs> so the lord said sit here i'm going to make your enemies your footstool so that means even in heaven though jesus had fulfilled the the judicial aspect of redemption you see i told you that the spirit realm is legalistic it is jesus satisfied the claims of divine justice the claims of divine justice are the requirements of the righteous rulings of God on the account of the error and the implication of the fall of man. What is heaven demanding to reverse the effect of that fall? Those are the claims of divine justice. 
So Jesus' death was not just anyhow death. The death had to meet up with some specifications. I don't have time to open that up. But it had to meet up with some specifications. In order for it to satisfy the claims of divine justice. And then the legal premise upon which divine life can be given to the sons of men was established. Then Jesus came to heaven. The throne of the Christ was given to him. And the moment he sat upon that throne, verse 2 says, And the Lord shall send the rod of his strength out of Zion. The implication of Jesus sitting on that throne was that the Holy Ghost, who is the rod of God's strength, left heaven and came into the earth. It is just because of the work of Jesus that the Holy Ghost could come. The Holy Spirit was the organic aspect, the life-giving aspect of the judicial work that Jesus had done. Do you understand that? Yes. Now, so all of God's work must sustain two perspectives. There's a judicial side, a legal side. Then there's an organic side, a life impartation side. That organic side must rest upon the judicial side. If it's going to be something that will come from the realm of the spirit, the, the legal aspect must be settled before the spiritual aspect can find expression. When you see somebody that is tormented by demons, there was a legal premise that actually established the basis of that spiritual attack. If there is no legal aspect, it will not be. A spirit cannot just be the prince of a village and he kills anybody, he threatens anybody, and all kinds of it. No, it doesn't happen. There's a legal aspect. And if there's a prophet among you, you will find out the mystery that was concocted in that legal aspect. And by a superlative dimensions of God's grace, it can tap into a superior aspect of wisdom that can detonate that legal aspect and render it null and void. That's the only way you can stop that effect. You see, I don't know about you, but the Christianity I, I, I practice is not dead. Hey, Allah, call him mama. It's not dead. He's not dead. Jesus said that his followers must have proof. These signs will follow them. If your life is not that way, it means you are abnormal. See, we have accepted a cheap gospel, an abnormal gospel. A gospel that Jesus himself cannot identify. Because minimum requirement for identifying Jesus' people, he wrote it in scripture, and the average Christian is very comfortable living below it. Are you still with me? Now, so, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is based on the fact that somebody has sat on a throne. The foundation of the book of Acts of the Apostles is Psalms 110, where we read. What gave back to entire Acts of the Apostles is that Peter said it on the day of Pentecost in explaining what had happened. He said, right now, the Jesus you crucified, God has given him two titles. He has been coronated the Lord. That means the entire universe will bow to him. Tell your neighbor, it is not about if you will bow, it's about when you will bow. Because you will bow. He didn't hear you. He's, tell him again, it's not about if you will bow, it's about when. Certainly you will bow. In rebellion, you will be fought. Have you ever seen a warlord that they capture? He doesn't want to bow. They can flog him, but he will end up what? You bow. bow. And that is the wretchedness of man. You can finish doing your campaigns and you bring tyranny over a particular people for four years. There is a king that unto whom you must bow. That is wise for you to bow to him now. 
because he will accept you as a friend if he forces you to bow you have a different name in his kingdom and if he stretches his scepter anything he says becomes law hallelujah say the Lord shall send the rod of his strength so he got the title of the Lord the entire universe was willed to him just like the earth was willed to Abraham that everything in the universe will bow that's when he got the honors of the Lord and then he's the Christ within the sphere of the purposes of God he'll be the one to administer it that was what happened in heaven that gave birth to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Peter, operating by the spirit of wisdom and interpretation, now gave us the accurate labeling of the event that took place in heaven that gave birth to the outpouring. He said, right now, Jesus has been conferred with two titles. He is the Lord and he is the Christ. So it's no longer about whether or not you will bow. That one is settled. Because at the mention of the name of Jesus, And this is a vision that David saw. I follow him. All these things are within the visionary environment of the man David. It's after he revealed that the Holy Ghost left heaven because the occupant of the throne had come. Then he now shifted from heaven. He now, now shifted to earth. He said, thy people. Thy people shall be willing. In the day of thy power now the meaning of that is this in keeping with the fact that now the holy spirit has come with a mandate the mandate is that the enemies of christ will be brought at his full soul that was the promise that was given to christ by the father and the administrative arrangement that the father put in place to ensure that that mandate was fulfilled was that the rod of god's strength has to leave zion is that clear yes. now it has left zion and come to the earth they're now saying that the fact that the Holy Ghost came to the earth is not enough basis for the fulfillment of God's intention. He said, thy people shall be willing. In the day of thy power. That means the operation, the assignment of men, after that the Holy Ghost came down, was to partner with the Holy Spirit in order to make the enemies of Christ his foot soon. That's our, that's the assignment. But he said, before that can happen, there must be a willingness. I think our team is now that you are young. Mm. Hallelujah. That scripture now becomes some metaphors were used in that scripture to describe the kind of people that are required. He said that people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauty of holiness. That's what King James said. The word translated holiness, the same word translated consecration. This is what it means. Please let's read it again. One verse. Let's read it. Are you there with me? Psalms 110. Please turn your Bible. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. How I wish I had time. I would have shown us who qualifies to be part of the ones he called his people that's when you come to realize that a man can be born again and not be his people 
that's when you realize that there's this difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I know you don't know. Because even if you go to a Bible school, they will say that you can use it interchangeably. Until you come and start doing studies yourself, you will now find that it's not consistent. Just like they told us in Bible school that you can use spirit and heart interchangeably. And then you study it and find out that those are two different entities. So sometimes, if there's a point you get to, you need to keep your Bible school note aside and look for God. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, okay, you are looking at me as if what I'm saying is strange. So, is it not possible for somebody to give his life to Christ but he's still living his own life the way he wants? That person is not available to God's use. So, how can God depend on that person if he wants to pioneer a move in a particular place? It's not part of the people. It's not the kind of, it's not the kind of person that God would depend upon if he has a significant thing that he wants to achieve in a particular place. Because that man is in the kingdom of God. He has received the life of God, but he's not in the kingdom of heaven. Because the diff- it was only John, Matthew, that used the phrase, the kingdom of heaven. And he used it 33 times. According to Matthew, you function in the kingdom of heaven when you have decided by choice that you, your life will be spent to serve the will of God. That's a choice. That is upon your salvation. You still go a step further and say, Me, the devil won't operate me again. Mm. He won't be the operating system that runs me anymore. I have consecrated myself. Only God can operate me to serve his way. And there will be many temptations for you to go back on your word. But you decide that this computer will only be programmed by God. It takes, it takes a radical to get to that point. But I don't have time to talk. No time would have gone to one of the testimonies of the prophets and then would have been able to analyze who is God, who can God call his people. He said, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of their consecration, thou hast the due of thy youth. Let me explain that. Now, see, I hope you know what we are seeing here is a heavenly vision that David had. You are still with me? See, please don't forget the context, okay? So we are still talking about the heavenly vision that David saw. And this heavenly vision revealed the discussion between the father and the son. Alright? Are we still there? And then the father is telling the son now, thy people shall be willing. There are going to be some people that will be yours. They will not be living for themselves, they will be living to serve your way. You are going to have a people. I would have taken you to the book of Isaiah and showed you how Jesus earned the people. Are you here now? He said, you are going to have a people. And that people will be willing to partner with the Holy Spirit in the beauty of their consecration. Then he now added, thou hast the due of thy youth. God is saying that when an old man of 95 decides to consecrate himself to serve the will of God, when they view it from heaven, it's not beautiful. He's saying when a young man, a youth, now has come to the point where he realizes that his ultimate goal is to partner with the Holy Spirit to make the enemies of Christ bow at his footstool and he consecrates himself for that mission. When he is viewed from heaven, it is beautiful. Mm. 
travel around, you see, so many Christians that are not his people. We need to settle that this, this week. So many people singing praise and worship, they are not his people. Have you ever heard of the cherubims? The cherubims are angelic beings that are jealous for the name of God. When somebody comes and says, This is the Titanic. This is the technology with which it was established. The, the force of uptrust, of buoyancy, of flotation were put in together. The calculation was exquisite. And even God himself cannot sink this ship. When, when, when that statement is made, that's blasphemy. A cherubim in heaven must insist that God must permit him to correct that error. You are, you are not here. <laughs> a cherubim is, is always conscious of the name of God. If you violate it, no. Heaven can't contain them. God must have to allow them access. They are zealous for the name of God. When you hear that uh, uh, this guy, Herod, was giving a speech, and while he was giving the speech in mighty in oratory, he now said, These words you are hearing are not the words of man, but the words of God. Ah. He has violated something, spoken about things too high for him to understand. Things that actually are worthy of the highest levels of curses. He has blasphemed. You, when you hear that an angel struck him, no, it's Cherubu. The zealous ones. Hallelujah. I hope you know what happened in heaven that Satan fell and a quadrant of angels fell was that the angels were tested. I hope you know. Now, how will God create an angel, give him a will? Is that not a risk? That means he can choose. He didn't create them as robots. He gave them choice. Because God doesn't want to be served if you don't love him. You have to volunteer because of your love for him. That's the only motivation that the New Testament provides. So he gave them a choice. He gave them enough opportunities to rebel against him. But some decided not to. But in the quadrant of the ones that decided to be loyal, there are some ones that are crazy. They are jealous for the name of God. They were given a separate name. They cherubim. Oh, you are not here. Jesus. Ah, please, before you come tomorrow, pray. Please. We are flat. The revelations of God have gone beyond this point. Please. Oh. Jesus. God will help us. The Chagubu. Those ones are zero. When you blaspheme, ah, heaven can't contain them. The heavens will be restless until one of them is given leave to go and bring that one to order. That's how it is also in the world of men. Of all the men that say yes to Jesus, there are some men that are zealous for the name of God. Those ones have a rare privilege to fellowship in the realm of cherubims. That is the only angelic being that suits their character. Oh, you are not with me. Yeah. So Daniel happens to be one of those people that fellowshiped in the realm of the cherubims. Now, the quality of fellowship you have with God is based on your ranking spiritually. 
You can be a preacher for 13 years, but you don't have weight, no ranking. given unto him like the wisdom of the gods. The Bible revealed he said the necromancers and the, the Chaldeans and the magicians said that the secret that the king of Babylon, Babylon required were not found among men. It only resides among the spirits of the holy gods. He was talking about the cherubim. That was why Daniel was said to have the wisdom of the gods. There's no need to consult Azor's spirit when Daniel was alive. Because he was a shrine all by, all by himself. What made it possible? What made it possible was because he was one of the zealous ones. And the door gate to the realm of the cherubims was open. The spirit of the Holy Ghost. Let me stop here. Thy people shall be willing. Tiefland is in darkness because we don't have men of ranking in the spirit we have men of ranking in darkness but we don't have men of ranking in light oh you, you are laughing because you have not you have not cried on your knees for the land you have not cried about how that light will continually lose its dark its brilliance because of the thickness of darkness it's an aberration light never struggles with darkness if you light a candle here, it's supposed to subdue darkness. But the case, the reverse is the case. We have ranking men of darkness that are more educated in darkness than we that profess light are in light. So some of us said, we will keep, we will not identify ourselves as preachers until we have seen the place where light dwells. Some of us said we'll not carry title and just no 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 we, 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 until we find a place, see the scene when the morning stars sang together and the sons of, of God shouted for joy. If a land is held in darkness, it means the people that speak for the devil have written a mystery over the territory. But the Bible said that Daniel had light and understanding. That his wisdom was like the wisdom of the gods. There was no code of darkness that Daniel could not unravel. In his days, light prospered. In the very heart of Babylon, the king confessed Jehovah because light, light, light was found in him. And all those feats, Daniel advanced that course as a young man that was brought into Babylon on the account of slavery. Thy people shall be with thy power their consecration will be beautiful and the dew of the morning will rest upon them it doesn't matter how much darkness is perpetrated in the day when these people rise and partner with the holy ghost darkness will fall a great fall that's the word of the lord that that time has come that some faceless nameless people from families whose names have not reckoned with in the, in the land Oh my God, the corridors of high cherubs of glory will be opened again as it was opened in the days of Daniel and light and understanding will be granted unto the sons of men. We celebrate darkness because there are no men of light.
But I bring word from heaven to you. The days of darkness in this land, they are over. You will find men that God will place his hands upon. They will go right into the villages and defy the altars. And nothing will happen to them. Let me tell you, the rebirth of this state called Benway has begun. For many years we were kept as slaves through bloodshed. And darkness raged. Thrones were forged out of wickedness. But that era has passed. The sons of light are about to make an entrance into the territory. And the name of the Lord will be known one more time. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Can we rise and pray today? Lord, I'm willing, I'm willing. I'm willing, I'm willing. As a young man, I'm willing. As a young woman. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Just in case the hand of God has been moving over your life and the devil stirred up so many things around you. Oh, do not be discouraged. Your day just down. A proclamation has been made from the heavens. The scepter of God has been stretched forth. A generation is about to rise and walk this land. Darkness will not be remembered. Thy people shall be willing. of wickedness. I am willing, Lord. I am willing, Lord. Imanina barata bolan mamama. Saila mama yeda puse makaya. It's time for the repent of the land. The Lord comes to cleanse it by Himself. Samine, 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 Malebabo, Dayanama. Iga mama ratela bola mama mama 
Samine. Nae la mama de la boma masaine. Higambere samola. Saire. Saire. Oh, Saire. Saire. Oh, Saire. Amina Sela Baba Sahile Oh Sahile Mama Naye Imama Santa Maria Oh la la Oh la la Sayama Mola Naye Oh la la
I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. I worship you. 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 Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. And I worship you. I worship you. Now I, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, now if you are present in this hall, oh man, I want to pray a prayer for us. Now anybody that the hand of God begins to touch, please bring them for me. I want to bring them. Can you lift up your hands? I want to pray for you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. And I worship you. I worship you. Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. Can you lift your hands so heaven let us pray? I'm seeing somebody here. 
Oh my God. Now the power of God is present here. The power of God is present. There is somebody that God wants to anoint. He wants to anoint somebody. He wants to anoint somebody. Holy Ghost. He's anointing them. He's anointing them. He's anointing them. He's anointing them. The anointing is coming stronger. It's coming stronger now. It's coming stronger now. It's coming stronger now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let it filter. Father, there is one more person you want to anoint. From my left hand side. To my right hand side. From my left hand side. To my right hand side. From my left hand side. To my right hand side. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Aha, it's coming stronger. It's coming stronger. It's coming stronger. Move. Bring them. Bring them from me. It's coming stronger. Coming stronger. It's coming stronger. It's coming stronger. It's coming stronger. It's coming stronger now. It's coming stronger. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, come on. Yahweh, Yahweh, I worship you.